0: what's going on
1: everybody how you doing welcome back to another brand new episode of the politics and punk rock podcast i am andrew for america and i hope you guys enjoyed uh the recent interview shows that i did with uh, matt from the great deception podcast and with sam from the according to sam podcast i think those guys do fantastic work and i had a great chat with those two guys uh covered some topics uh you know the gen being from the gen x x annual generation and uh Feeling like, uh, you know, we're right in the middle of the old world and the new world like Sam talked about. I've been thinking about that concept quite a bit lately. And I've been thinking about how much history uh, is just getting buried by this new tech world and this over uh, abundance of information, overload, just getting pumped out uh, into your technology no matter where you are in the grocery line, at the grocery store, at the kids' uh, sporting event game, at church, everywhere. Uh, you know, you can't run and hide from the propaganda. Uh, I've been thinking about that, too, uh, from uh, the interview with Sam, where he said, you know, it was a game-changer when the technology advanced to the point where we could just pump the the propaganda right into your phone and immediately into your mind. It's like this, uh, you know... Electric syringe of uh, predetermined bullshit. (laughs) And it's just bam, just a straight shot right into your brain. And I know I've been uh, talking about COVID 19 a lot. I mean, how can you not talk about COVID still? We're still living in this COVID 19 world. And, uh, you know, and I think the technology has helped perpetuate the COVID lies just like everything else. You know, uh, when uh, when they invented the term conspiracy theorist after the JFK assassination? Uh, you know, the bullet that turned left in midair? <laughs> you know, and the American people at that time believed that bullshit? Just like the Germans believed all of Hitler's nonsense? It's not too hard to see people once you get into the stuff that The mind manipulation and the brainwashing is just so effective. And I know I can't get off this topic. You know, but that's what I feel like I'm trying to do. Is I'm trying to drill this into your people's heads. Into you people's heads. uh, You know, time after time after time after time. Repetition. I'm going to create my own propaganda. Counter propaganda. To the propaganda you're getting from the big club. And... The reason why I brought up COVID and why I wanted to talk a little bit uh, today about COVID again is because I have stumbled uh, upon some very interesting clips that further help me to illustrate my point. This first clip I'm going to play for you guys today comes from, uh, I want to say the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, I think. This is your uh, Lord Anthony Fauci. This guy's been around for a long, long time. He is definitely in the pocket of the big club. And I want you guys to pay very close attention to what Dr., if you want to call him a doctor, Anthony Fauci, is talking about. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of you that have never heard this clip and don't know the history of Mr. Dr. Anthony Fauci, I think a lot of my listeners uh, are going to be very, very shocked and surprised to hear what this man is saying in an interview back in the 80s and 90s
0: take a listen to this
2: starting to see as we're seeing virtually as the months go by other groups that can be involved and and seeing it in children is really quite disturbing you see other close contact. Give me some examples. Well, for example, if if the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individual who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS or at risk of AIDS, who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact that one sees in...
1: And the clip cuts off right there and says the close contact... He's saying the close contact that one sees in a household. Did you hear what he said? He was talking about COVID-19, right? Or was he? What disease was he talking about? That you got to be careful of close contact of an infected person with children? What
0: disease was that? Again, take a listen again.
2: Starting to see, as we're seeing virtually as the months go by, other groups that can be involved, and and seeing it in children is really quite disturbing. You say other close contact give me some examples. well for example if if the close contact of a child is a household contact perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individual who are just living with and in close contact with someone with aids or a risk of aids who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle but just the ordinary close contact that one sees in
1: in a household environment yada 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 et cetera et cetera et cetera the clip goes on and you can go find this clip online, people. He's not talking about COVID-19. He's talking about a, a Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome, AIDS. Now, let me ask you something. For those of you that are from my era and remember when the AIDS epidemic, quote-unquote, was happening... Do you remember uh, how the reality of all those lies and bullshit stories uh, panned out? It had to be sexual contact. It had to be direct uh, contact uh, with infected blood through a needle, shared intravenous drug users, right? It wasn't an airborne virus. And here is Dr. Anthony Fauci saying in an interview that you got to be careful and it's dangerous to see uh, the possibility of close contact infecting children. Wow. I mean, people. (laughs) We know that that is complete and total horseshit now, don't we? But these clips live in the world in archives somewhere and people are starting to learn the reality of what Dr. Anthony Fauci has been into for the majority of his career. This guy is the face. The front man. For the National Institutes of Health with regard to all the government, whoever the government chooses to be the person that's going to be the distributor of the information during these pandemics, epidemics, whatever you want to call them, right? So what do you think? You think Dr. Anthony Fauci is a guy that can be trusted? Uh, Did any of you guys, maybe, maybe you youngsters out there don't remember this, but... Back during the AIDS uh, epidemic when it was first a thing in this world and in this country, there were some ooh conspiracy theories about the origins of the AIDS virus, just like there were conspiracy theories about the origins of the COVID-19 virus. And I don't know if you guys know this, But there are some whistleblower doctors out there that said that we purposely created this virus through infecting whatever cells in chimpanzees in Africa, and apparently all these people ended up dead, that tried, that these doctors that were talking about, hey, you know, I think that they were trying to create this thing, uh... For whatever reason, killing people, maybe they wanted to get rid of gay people. who knows? Remember back in the day, there used to be jokes like, "Oh, well, I'm not gay, I can't get AIDS." you know as if that as if this virus only affected gay people. That was bullshit. It wasn't just gay people uh that contracted the, the I think um HIV virus and then I guess how it worked is over time HIV developed into full blown AIDS. And now they have drugs that uh, can help you deal with it and temper it. Because, you know, they're not going to cure it. <laughs> you know, that they're, that they're not going to cure anything. Like Chris Rock says, there ain't no money in the cure. The money's in the medicine. So they can get that comeback. And continue to Profit. There's no big pharmaceutical industry if that profit doesn't keep rolling in people, think about it. And I'm not trying to bring up the AIDS thing and say that, oh, they created AIDS in a lab too. They went to Africa and the jungle and they were experimenting on chimpanzees and uh, you know, doctors were getting killed and silenced for speaking out against nefarious, uh, you know purposes that the government and the whatever scientists were colluding and conspiring to create this new virus, whatever. I'm not trying to bring that up. My point here is, think about the bullshit Fauci was peddling that ended up being not true about the AIDS virus, okay? That's the only reason why I wanted to bring that up today is because, (laughs) I don't know people, I just don't know if you can trust this guy. Let's move on. Actually, you know what, before we move on, and you know, if you don't believe me about the chimpanzees and the scientists that ended up dead, that whistle blew about what they were doing in the jungles of Africa, go look it up. I'm pretty sure there's documentaries on it. I'm pretty sure I watched a documentary on it back in the day. There's literature out there you guys can go find. Don't take my word for it. Go do your own homework. There you go. Homework assignment. Apparently they don't give kids homework in school anymore. You know what? You listen to my show, I'll give you homework. Go research the AIDS conspiracy theories. Go find the documentaries that were made. Go look up the literature. Go find it. It's out there. Don't Take my word for it. Okay, now, let's move on. Here's another clip. <laughs> oh, man. People, I keep finding this shit. You better keep listening to my show. I'm going to figure out everything. I'm going to get to the heart of every matter you've ever heard, every news story you've ever uh, heard, ever. I'm going to investigate you don't want to do the homework I assigned? That's fine. Just come back to the show. <laughs> Just keep going back and listening to the show. I'll do it for you. So this clip that I'm about to play occurred on February 23rd, 2016. This is from C-SPAN. And this is a conference that is going on uh, entitled The Future of Pandemics and something else. Here, I'll figure out the title of it. But it's something to the effect of the, the future or the history and the future of uh, disease and pandemics or something like that. And what this man, I don't know who this guy is. I don't care. It doesn't matter who he is. doesn't matter. The point I'm trying to make is listen to what this man reveals. On February 23rd,
3: 2016, here we go. We found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them. Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work you create the pseudoparticles you look you insert the spike proteins from those viruses see if they bind to human cells and each step of this you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people
1: people i'm
3: gonna play this
1: clip one more time and i want you to pay very close attention to what this man just told you on february 23rd, 2016, not 2020, not 2021,
3: 2016. We found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them. Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people.
1: Uh, Excuse me? Who did the work? Your colleagues in China? (laughs) Hey, President Trump, why did you call this virus the China virus? Because... It came out of the country of China? <laughs> Your Honor, I have located proof that gain-of-function research occurred in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It was spoken about on this panel that aired on C-SPAN on February twenty-third, 2020. Sixteen. If that's not proof, I don't know what is, my fellow Americans. Sequencing the, the DNA and the spike protein so that it attaches to human cells. And this guy says, I didn't do the work. My colleagues in China did the work. People, I rest my case. I'm going to take a break and let you guys process that while you skip past this anchor commercial, okay? Think about what I've just told you guys right now. Just think about it. I'll be right
0: back.
4: Of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country, your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? Because it of people comes say from it's China.
3: Racist. It's not racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China.
1: <laughs> it's not racist at all. I call it the Chinese virus because it comes from China. <laughs> That will never get old. Love, or, love him or hate him. President Trump was fucking hilarious uh, from time to time. Uh, and that right there, my fellow Americans, is a perfect example of what I mean when I talk about an activist journalist and not a real journalist. Journalist. There's so many acts of violence against Asian people in this country. Why do you insist on calling it the China virus? Are you, ugh, the immature, sniveling ridiculousness? Like, how? Here's my question: How do these reporters get like press passes to get in front of the president and ask? The most ridiculously moronic questions I've ever heard a reporter ask a sitting president in my life. How? Maybe that's by design. <laughs> Maybe they're just puppet reporters put there to ask the right questions. Who knows? Something to think about. Who knows? If I were in charge, of the reporters that got to come in and ask the president the questions. After that, I probably would have pulled that reporter aside and been like, hey, you know what? I'm pulling your press pass. You're not coming back here and asking this bullshit nonsense anymore. I mean, and you know, and in all fairness, I, there might be some truth to what I'm saying. Because I remember one American news network uh, got some got in there and under Trump and asked some questions that didn't start off as a question. It pretty much started off as a statement, just like this reporter did. And then it ended with a question and it seemed like, kind of like how they craft uh, the questions in a debate that you get to see on your mainstream media news networks. It's not really a debate. <laughs> it's not really a real debate, people. Just like these questions that they ask in these press briefings aren't real, aren't real questions. A lot of times they're more statements first to set up some irrational, illogical narrative in your brain, and then they hit you with the question. And now you're thinking about uh, the, that frame of mind, that you know the setup. When the president answers the question, had you not had that illogical, irrational bullshit statement as the setup? Maybe you wouldn't have thought about the question part in the same frame of reference. You see, people, you got to pay attention. These people are crafty with their words. Anyway. And, you know, actually, now that I think about it, this is here's some homework for you guys. Sam Winchester, his episode uh, 98 of the According to Sam podcast is entitled Zombies. And he starts off by playing um, some clips from Mark Dice (laughs) uh, walking down the boardwalk in San Diego on the beach uh, with a fake petition. And he's walking up to people saying, hey, we're going to try to evict renters from their home who are refusing to get this vaccination and some of these idiots are like signing it like yeah i agree with that and sam makes the argument that these people are not thinking they're not rational they're not connected to the reality of this world they are zombies walking around just following orders without thinking at all and they're signing this petition go go check out mark dice when he, when he, Mark Dice has some great stuff about how he does all these fake interviews and fake petitions, trying to get people to, you know, he, his point is he's trying to see if people will sniff out his bullshit narrative and they don't <laughs> have these people, have these people that are signing petitions. Yeah, we should evict renters. And the people that are signing it are probably renters themselves. They're not even, they're not even like thinking. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then his show goes on, and he plays all these clips from different NBA players who are very eloquently stating why they don't want to get the vaccine, yada, yada. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable how effective propaganda and, you know, how the authority figures and the media push this, like, tyranny. It's basically, you know, Sam's uh, argument is that it's a medical tyranny. They're forcing people to play the game. And Sam makes this funny, you know, he he, he likens uh, it to the same. He, he says the same thing like Joe Rogan did about, you know, these people want you to join the club. And Sam makes this uh, argument where he says it's like you got to take the sacrament so that you can be on the team. You can be part of the club. It doesn't matter about your personal choices, about your personal health about your personal decisions, you have to do what big pharma and the medical tyrants and the government are expecting you to do. So go listen to episode 98 of the According to Sam podcast. If you want to listen to a deep dive into this vaccine conversation argument, I highly, highly recommend it. So let's move on. Uh, I also want to talk today about an interesting concept that Matt from the Great Deception podcast uh, talks about a lot, and he talks about uh, inversion and opposites, how something that should be good gets marketed as, you know, it, 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 it's supposed to be good, but really it could end up being bad. <laughs> And things that are supposed to be bad, sometimes the powers that be like to invert them and make you think that the opposite is true. And I'm going to move on from the COVID-19 vaccines and that whole conversation now. And I'm going to move into this idea of inversion and about how what you thought was a certain thing, over time it can change into, be, into being something else. And this first clip I want to play for you is from the Tim Poole show. And Tim Poole talks about how, you know, the left uh, is now kind of like the right used to be and the right is kind of now how the left used to be. One party used to be the establishment party, allegedly. They're really both establishment parties, but, you know, it used to be the Republicans were the establishment party and the, and the Democratic party were the counterculture, the people pushing back against it. And now Tim Poole in this clip makes the argument that the left is now the right
5: and the right is now the left. So let's move on and take a listen to this. The right is now the left and the left is now the right. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the classical French Revolution sense, I was talking about this yesterday, that um, we were talking to um, uh, Matt Kibbe. You know, in the French Revolution, the right was the aristocracy, maintained the status quo and the left in the room were the revolutionaries and that was the big argument mm-hmm. and that's where they come from now left and right i don't even know what they mean it means economics it it means cultural issues but if we're talking in the classical sense the right has become the counterculture which was the left in the in the in the classical sense and now you have the quote-unquote left supporting massive pharmaceuticals supporting massive multinational corporations and their collusion with big government and i'm like wasn't that always the right you know like the 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 big industrialists and the revolving door policies (laughs) where they went and worked for government now, all of a sudden, the right is critical of this and the left supports it. The right is now the left and the left is now the right. Okay, so he takes it all the way back to the French Revolution, which is awesome, which
1: should be, you know, that, that should uh, uh, signal in a rational person's mind that this kind of stuff has been going on for a very, very long time. But this is what's happening in the United States right now, is that the left is now You know, you remember the left that was, uh, you know, fuck Trump, fuck the vaccines, even though Trump's the reason why the vaccines came uh, into reality and into existence, uh, whether you want to believe that or not, he's the one that fast-tracked it, right? And at the time, and even back when Trump was still president, I'm sure a lot of you remember, and I'm sure a lot of you lefties probably have. Uh, you should probably look in the mirror and remember when you used to say that, oh, I'm not going to take an experimental vaccine because Trump's pushing it. I'm not going to be a Trump person. I'm anti-vax. I'm not going to do that. And then Trump loses the election and Biden gets into office. And now all of a sudden the Democrats on the left are like pro-big government, pro-big pharma, pro-vaccine. And now... It's the right and the Republicans and the Libertarians or as I like to call it, any rational thinking person, adult, connected, aware, not a zombie, (laughs) in the words of Sam Winchester, not a zombie. You know, the right is now the counterculture of sorts in a way. It's completely flipped. It is the complete opposite. It is the inversion. you know what once was and people you got to it's like it's like it's like the death of thought is happening in our world as we speak and it's because of government it's because of media it's because of the big clubs big plan and they've been doing it governments and the powers that be have been doing this for years and years and years and years and years you just craft the message in such a way that eventually you start changing people's minds. And it doesn't matter what the party tells you, because you're not thinking. If the party says, hey, we're pro-government, we're pro-vaccine, and you're a part of that party, a member of that party, you're like, yay, that's how That's how I think, that's how I feel, right? I mean... You got that's this is exactly this is a perfect example of why I always say you got to get away from the herd mentality, you got to get away from the hive mind, you got to get away from the tribal characteristics of the human condition. That if you identify, you got to stop saying to yourself, I identify with this party. So anything that my party leadership says, I will follow and believe without any thought, without any investigation, without let it, letting it swirl around your own mind a little bit so that you can come to your own conclusions and form your own opinions. And now I want you to take a listen to this clip. This clip is a clip of a gentleman by the name of Delano Squires. Uh, and this is for, he's, he's a guest, I think, on the Tim Pool Show in this uh, episode. And he has some comments and some thoughts about this opposite inversion, whatever you want to call it, situation that is occurring in modern-day America and
6: in the modern-day world. Take a listen to this. I had a recent article in The Blaze where I talked about COVID-19 has unleashed a new era in sort of American political and social life. So, you know, we obviously... Early on in our country's history, we had the colonial period and the Civil War, Reconstruction, Jim Crow. I mean, Jim Crow, civil rights. I call this the era of the God King. And I think the, as I call it, the unholy trinity of big government, big business, big media um, have completely inverted our political system. So instead of them seeing themselves as serving our interests, they see us as serving their interests. Um, And that's why they get so upset and so vicious whenever any of us have the audacity to to question them. So it's no longer the consent of the governed. It's no, we tell you what to think. Don't question us. As you said, if you do question us, oh, you must be all right. (laughs) So, you know, so he
1: uses covid. So so Delano Squires, his opinion, taking it back to covid just for a brief moment, is that he thinks that the government and the media and the big pharma and big business, whatever has used COVID to invert this and to flip the, you know, the way that it once was. And, you know, it's, it's not that these ideas, you know, flipping or inverting over time is a big deal. I suppose. I'm just trying to point out the reality of how the, Group of people in charge can promulgate a message, uh, uh, can promulgate a message and a mission, I suppose. Uh, down from the top of that pyramid, I always talk about, and it trickles down through the hierarchies, uh, through the hierarchy down to the bottom of the pyramid, to the proles, to the general population, you and me. And if we're going to continue to be living in a free society, it is our job, it is our responsibility to be checking up on them. Checks and balances, participation. People, if you want to live in a free society, the threat of being hoodwinked into believing some nonsense by your government is real. It is a real threat. I've been talking about it throughout the course of multiple episodes. And I'm trying to point it out today in this episode. I think I'm going to call this episode the death of thought because thought is dying. Kids aren't thinking or being taught how to think in the school's The government doesn't want you to think about their messaging. They just want you to obey. They just want you to comply, fall in line, passive, obedient, workers. That's what they want. They don't want a population capable of critical thinking. They don't want that. That doesn't help them. That is against their interests. In the words of George Carlin, they don't, you know, he says they don't want to pay a population that is smart enough to realize that they are being fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 effing years ago. That's what George Carlin said. In that famous clip that I continue to refer to on the show. That I played for you guys back in episode 3 or 4 of this podcast. Go back and listen to it. Or just go look it up. The American Dream Bit by George Carlin. Passive pupils. Obedient workers. And... You know, know, all this reminds me of John D. Rockefeller. This entire theme for the show today reminds me of John D. Rockefeller's quote. Once upon a time, John D. Rockefeller said, I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers. Why do you think that is, my fellow Americans? Why do you think that the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the every other banking cartel, world planner, financier, big club, Bilderberg, group of people, trilateral commission, Carlyle Group, Council of Foreign Relations, United Nations, big club. Why do you think that they don't want you to be an educated rational, connected, aware, thinking person. Why do you think that is? Is it because maybe they're trying to create a one world government? They're, they know that the average person the average citizen of the world is not going to do what they say if they just came out and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is our plan. We're trying to call the population of the world. We're trying to get rid of nine-tenths of you people. We're trying to erase history so that we can start o- over and begin from day one. What's the word that the World Economic Forum and your Klaus Schwab uh, say? I can't remember what the... uh, Zero. Day zero. That's what it is. Day zero. They want to reset. They want to institute this great reset plan that Matt from the Great Deception podcast always talks about. He actually thinks that there's been multiple great resets throughout history. And if you don't want if you don't want to listen to what I say, and you don't believe what I'm telling you, people, go look up Klaus Schwab, billionaire, a guy who says that uh, there's a clip. I, I I don't know if I have it. I might have to go get it. But there's a clip of Klaus Schwab saying, I, "We the World Economic Forum has operatives in governments all around the world." I think he makes the argument that Putin is in his pocket uh uh france germany uh m- multiple countries around the world are on board with this big plan and again don't take my word for it go listen to your bill gates and your klaus schwab's and you know everyone used to call dr Rima Lebo a conspiracy theorist but <laughs> turns out You know, 10 years later now, everything she warned us about ever since her appearance on uh, Jesse Ventura's TV show on True TV, Conspiracy Theory, that aired back in 2007. Turns out everything she told us is coming true. There's a reason, people, that the term conspiracy theorist exists. There's a reason why the term Trump ideology exists. I told you guys on a previous podcast that I was afraid that they're going to start equating the term Trump ideology with conspiracy theorist. And just think of the opposite that happened. Just think of that inversion of you Democrats and you progressives out there, that when Trump was still in office, you were screaming from the rafters, nope, I'll never take this vaccine, uh, who cares? Not going to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be labeled a Trump person. This entire thing has been so politicized. And then Biden gets into office, and all of a sudden, you guys are just sucking the big club's dick. You're sucking their plan, just spoon feeding. it. Ah, give me more. Put it in my mouth. <laughs> and I'm sorry to get vulgar about it, people, but that's what it is. You people are whorish prostitutes, to the messaging of your preferred party. And the reason why that is, is because we human beings are tribal creatures, social creatures by nature. It's in our DNA. And sadly, only a very few of us can rise above it mentally. Only a select few of us are smart enough and aware enough and connected enough to see this bullshit, this flipping of narratives, this inverting of narratives, so that one day you believe this and the next day you believe the complete opposite. And still, you are unaware and unable to recognize it when it happens and change your behavior accordingly. And it's just gross. It makes me sick to my stomach. And it is the reason why we are in big, big trouble. That is exactly the reason why the big club, their big plan, may actually come to fruition. Like George H.W. Bush said, we will be successful. And I think it was episode two of this podcast when I said clearly there is a plan in place and clearly the people that are in this big club that are perpetrating all this stuff on the people of the world now, not just America, they are very confident. They think you are stupid. Are you stupid? When are we all gonna wake up? from our slumber when are you going to wake up and realize that you better turn off your screen turn off your technology go buy physical books and put your fucking face in as many books as you possibly can until you get it i'm going to i'm going to give you people some more homework This is not really that difficult. It'll take you probably five minutes to do, okay? Go look up Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab has been described as the most dangerous man in the world. He's one of the... I think he's the founder of the... uh, World Economic Forum or he's a member of it, whatever. Here's a quote from Klaus Schwab. Quote, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Unquote. And here I'm just gonna I'm gonna introduce a new character. Here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast, a new character that you guys need to know about: Klaus Schwab. I'm not going to go into the history of him and you know where he was born and what his background is. You guys can go figure out that out that stuff on on your own time. But I want to read this. Klaus Schwab is the publisher of the World Economic Forum's 2010 Global Redesign Report, which postulates that a globalized world is best managed by a self-selected coalition. Self-selected coalition of, here we go, multinational corporations, governments, including... Uh, the United Nations and select civil society organizations. He argues that governments are no longer the overwhelmingly dominant actors on the world stage. Let me repeat that. He argues that governments are no longer the overwhelmingly dominant actors on the world stage and that the time has come. For a new stakeholder paradigm of, here we go, international governance. The World Economic Forum's vision includes a public-private UN. A combination of public and private in which certain specialized agencies would operate under joint state and non-state governance systems. According to the Transnational Institute, the forum is hence planning to replace a recognized democratic model with a model where a self-selected group of stakeholders, quote-unquote, make decisions on behalf of The people of the world. The think tank summarizes that we are increasingly entering a world where gatherings such as Davos and Davos, Switzerland. There's a lot going on in Davos, Switzerland, people. I talked to you about Bill Gates and played a clip from from, uh, him for you in a previous podcast where he's answering questions. Uh in this interview uh, from their meeting, big meeting at Davos. So here we go. The think tank summarizes that we are increasingly entering a world where gatherings such as Davos are a silent global coup d'etat to capture world governance. In June, 2021 Schwab sharply criticized the profiteering complacency and lack of commitment by the municipality of davos in relation to the world economic forum's annual meeting he mentioned that the preparation of the covid related meeting covid related meeting in in singapore in uh, 2021 and i think it's going and 2022 continuation into this year had created an alternative to its swiss host and seized the chance that the annual meeting will stay in davos At between 40 and 70%. So, I think what he's saying is that he's getting pushback. And here's another little thing. You know, George Soros. I've talked about George Soros uh, to you people before. In the view of some critics, the World Economic Forum is exercising too much influence on global systems and institutions. And... George Soros is also a character that likes to speak at Davos about redesigning the international monetary system. And they're trying to do that right now. Remember, in fact, speaking of this, in a previous podcast, I told you guys to beware of cryptocurrency. I thought it was a bad investment. I said that, um, you know, although the idea is promising, I think that it's pretty volatile and it... You know, you could lose your ass pretty easily. But now that everyone's talking about the metaverse, I've been reading about cryptocurrencies and about how cryptocurrencies are going to be able to be used in the metaverse. So, (laughs) people, I'm a changed man. Maybe investing in some cryptocurrency is a good idea. Because in the future, if we really are going to be plugged into this matrix, this metaverse where we can use our cryptocurrencies as the currency, as the money in this fictitious tech, you know, simulated world. You know, Bill Gates said that he was eventually going to move all of his meetings into the metaverse. And who's the guy that's running and creating and helping to create the metaverse? Mark Zuckerberg. People. It doesn't take a lot of research. It doesn't take a lot of effort to figure out what's going on. And and all you got to do, all you got to do is go buy (coughs) COVID-19 and the Great Reset. There's a book Klaus Schwab wrote with some other person. And he states in there they're going to get rid of the useless eaters. Remember? I told you guys about that on a previous podcast. Dr. Rima Label, alleged conspiracy theorist that chooses not to live in the United States anymore because she's scared about the vaccines and the Codex Alimentarius and the United Nations protocols that all member nations are going to have to jump on board with if they want to be favored when disputes come up, etc., etc., etc. People, we are on the precipice of the formation of the new world order. And when these internationalists who are trying to create this brave new world order when they are successful there will be no place else to go. If you don't like what your world government is doing, if you disagree with what your world government's ideas and philosophies and actions are going to consist of, where are you going to go? You're going to you're going to have to go talk to Jeff Bezos or. Um, uh, who's the guy that runs Virgin? The two guys that you know went into space? NASA's gone. Space force is coming allegedly. I don't know if NASA's completely gone now that I think about it, but for some reason, I thought that they dissolved NASA at some point. But anyway, the point remains, people. The world planners are planning. And if you don't like what their plans are, where are you going to go? I mean, I don't know about you, but maybe it's time for some pushback. And if you want an example of what I mean by pushback, I want you guys to take a listen to this. What you are listening to, my fellow Americans. All right, that's enough. What you are listening to, my fellow Americans, is a convoy of truckers from Canada who don't really like the policies of Mister Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and they are. Pushing back a little bit. And I don't know if you've heard about this because I don't really know if the American mainstream media is even talking about it. I'm pretty sure that I saw none other than, of course, Joe Rogan mentioned it on his podcast. And I think somebody commented on it on a meme or a tweet that I saw. And they said, uh, hey, Joe Rogan's talking about the 70,000 person or truck convoy that's Gonna plant, they're planning on circling Ottawa, I think, and they're telling Trudeau that you're gonna not do this, that, and the other thing, or else we're not gonna deliver the food to your people and you're all gonna fucking starve. (laughs) I mean, that's, I love it. That is the most punk rock shit I think I've ever seen. And that's what we need. This world needs. Just like the, the pro democracy movement in Hong Kong the people that were waving the American flags because they want what you have. Freedom from tyrannical government. And now, there's some interesting stuff going on in Canada. And anyway, so yeah, that person that, I, that um, made that tweet or that meme, they said, uh, Joe Rogan just mentioned the convoy going on in Canada. Your move, mainstream media. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So here, check this out. This is a gentleman, this is an American trucker, commenting on what's going on. So here take, here we go, take a listen to this.
0: Good evening to all my American trucker friends,
4: and good evening to our neighbors to the north, our Canadian patriots, I, uh, Let me just first say that I'm extremely proud of all of you for standing up for your country. Uh, I wish I could say the same about American truckers, but apparently they don't have any backbone. But
1: maybe, just maybe, we can rally the troops here. And we have. What's up? American truckers are joining in. Daniel. You know, how are you? Okay, Good so you now 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 this guy's um, now this guy's talking to like his buddies that was on like a TikTok. So I'm just gonna stop that. So uh, that's an American trucker trying to rally other American truckers to go join the Canadians, who are. I, I had a clip from another guy I wanted to play, but I can't find it. Um, maybe I'll play it later if I find it later on. But he basically says the plan is for these thousands and thousands and thousands of truckers are going to go to Ottawa, circle the city, and protest. And if Trudeau doesn't change his draconian policies, you know, allegedly, Fidel Castro is his dad, so, you know, he's got communist sympathies. (laughs) Uh, Allegedly. Um, But, so that's you know that's what's happening they're basically threatening to shut down the supply chain until trudeau lifts all this bullshit that's what i call pushback that's what i call peaceful revolution that's what i call standing up for your country and that's what the big club and the klaus schwabs and the all you know the davos uh uh group members that meet every year and discuss their plan for the world they don't want you standing up for your country they're telling us in their literature that governments uh governmental uh control is going away and we're moving towards something new something different so I don't know, my fellow Americans, when are we gonna when are we gonna find our balls and find the courage and start doing a little pushback of our own? And I'm not talking about violence. Violence is not the answer. Violence is not the way. Violence immediately discredits your cause. You got to come up with something better. You got to be smarter than that. You got to be smarter than that. Peaceful revolution is what we need. Take a listen to this woman. So after this guy rallies the American truckers and some of the American truckers start heading north to support the Canadians, this woman is moved to tears. She is very thankful that we Americans are supporting the cause of freedom in Canada. Take a listen to this.
5: So, I just heard from Republican Girl's page that it's confirmed 600 truckers from the states are joining
0: our protest. And I feel like a fucking cheese ball crying, but I just want to say thanks to you guys. For a lot of Canadians, America represents freedom. And to know that you guys actually have our backs and acknowledge that we exist really means a lot. Thank you.
1: Thank you, she says. Thank you for joining our protest and supporting the cause of freedom. You remember what freedom is, my fellow Americans? Do you remember, do you know how important freedom is and what's going to happen if freedom goes away? If anybody should be leading the fight, it should be the citizens of this country peaceful fight not violent fight peaceful i mean you got to start peaceful and if your opposition gets violent then you know maybe you're going to have to defend yourself who knows john f kennedy once said those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution Inevitable. I want you guys to pay attention to this convoy of truckers heading to Ottawa to protest their lack of freedom and the tyrannical policies of the Canadian government perpetrated by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau who is the alleged son of Fidel Castro. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it's going to be an interesting story to follow. I highly recommend it. All right, people, you know what time it is. It is time once again here on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast to play some punk rock. People, it is time to play some punk rock, and today, people, I, I have a song that themes up perfectly for the content of this podcast today. And I know I've been playing my own music a lot lately. Uh, I've been playing some music from my old band nonprofit quite a bit. Uh, it just so happens that some of the songs I wrote back in the day have been theming up with my episodes quite well. Uh, and today is no different. This song I'm about to play for you is the first song, the opening track, on my old band Nonprofits uh, Catalyst EP. And I called that thing the Catalyst EP because that's what I wanted it to be, a catalyst. Something that gets the needle moving. Something that motivates uh, Motion in a specific direction to achieve a desired outcome, a purpose. And I'm going to read the lyrics to this song real quick uh, because you guys are going to see what I mean. Here we go. I see pollution as far as the eye can see, but I don't ever do a thing. I sit and hope for clarity in the skies from which I breathe. Millions of people starving, working for nothing, pretending they're happy. And I've told you guys about this line before. The devil lives in the routine that's keeping everyone from doing what they need. This is my call to all who care. To anyone who feels like this is a nightmare. That we're living in I know it's hard to do something but we're living in the American tragedy we watch the news on our TVs but we don't ever learn a thing we sit and hope for clarity in the words of those who speak then I remember That what we want is hard to find because the bottom line is that it's easier to stay with what we know instead of working towards a change. This is my call to all who care. To anyone who feels like this is a nightmare that we're living in. I know it's hard to do something, but we're living in The American Tragedy. And people, I wrote that song back in 2000-something. And now I feel like we're living in the world tragedy. There's a brave new world coming, my fellow Americans. What are you going to do about it? Here we go. This is the opening track to my old band nonprofit's Catalyst EP entitled American Tragedy. is forever vaccinated the
7: small fringe minority. Giant convoy of trucks that's apparently some insane amount of people, like 50,000 trucks that are headed to Ottawa to protest the vaccine mandates by Trudeau. Right now there's 50,000
4: truckers and about 1.4 million people headed to the parliament in Ottawa and they're gonna stay there until Trudeau resigns or they give us back all of our freedoms and rights.
1: Truckers lined up, just rolling. People waving Canadian and American flags on the side of the road, lighting off fireworks.
4: If you, if you walk into a grocery store and you see products on the shelves, thank a trucker. If you walk into a grocery store and you see empty shelves, thank Justin Trudeau. <laughs> His policy of vaccine vendetta against our hard-working truckers is going to drive up the cost for our people, drive people out of work, and leave us with empty shelves.
1: People, it's coming. It's coming. man. Right now they're having an aerial view. There are so many trucks, people. Thousands upon thousands in solidarity. Peaceful protest. Your move, America. What are you going to do about it?
4: who are fighting for their freedom and their livelihoods and on whom we have defended we have depended for our very existence over the last 2 years the following the science and stepping up to protect each other
1: is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms our rights our values as a country I've never seen such a thing. Freedom people! Freedom! No mandates. You guys can't see it, but this is a montage video. Lots of people in agreement.
7: History by a factor of 10. Uh, it is amazing. If you're not familiar with this story, uh, Canada is one of the world's largest prison colonies. They have vaccine mandates to travel, to eat, to work, to live. It is the type of anarcho-tyranny medical biosecurity state that, they're, that they tried and failed to create here in this country. Thank God we have a Supreme Court that set that up and that vaccine uh, mandates and passports will uh, soon become uh, a relic of the past, just like Jim Crow or segregation will be seen as an evil abuse of human rights. Not in Canada, unfortunately. So in Canada, truckers whose jobs are being threatened right now are doing a massive convoy for freedom to... Ottawa to the capital and then they're going to uh, I I don't know camp out in the capital not exactly sure but we support them on this channel and uh, you know we we read your emails we want to do whatever we can to support the Patriot truckers who are marching uh, rolling I suppose across Canada the footage there is really incredible and really really awesome now we see that uh, Justin Trudeau tweeted just this hour that uh, Justin Trudeau tweeted just this hour that he uh, is going to be isolating because he had exposure to COVID. And we don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> we're not just yeah, we're not familiar with his interactions personally. But we do think that it's ironic, the timing, that Justin
0: Trudeau
7: is going to go into isolation.
0: Yeah, go you
1: know, isolate, uh, go run away, you little bitch.
7: The fact that these truckers are going to roll in and... As far as we know, shut down the uh, the nation's capital. Uh, you know, because if you
1: have fifty thousand trucks surrounding the capital, I mean, pff, what you gonna do? What, what you gonna, gonna a do? Powerful movement by the people, of Canada, and we encourage
7: it and support it. Bravo! Keep going. We'll keep covering it. Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, running into hiding, like all tyrants do when the people stand up. It needs to happen in this country fast.
1: Oh, I love it, people. I love it. That was from the Benny Johnson Show. Go check out and follow Benny Johnson on Facebook and all of your favorite platforms, people. That's the show for today. I love you guys. Thank you for continuing to listen to this podcast. I'm going to keep it coming, baby. I want you guys to remember who you are. Sam Winchester says, Americans are a courageous people. And he's absolutely right. We always have been. And I and many like me believe and are fighting to keep it that way. Don't forget who you are. I love you guys. Thank you. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 81 of the Politics and Home Rock podcast. Entitled, The Death of Thought. We'll see you next time.